I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Wind waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Oh, Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today, the guys will talk minor league promotions, they'll give some trade ideas, and there was a smooth hand job this week in Miami. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBoo. And welcome back, everybody, to the 5.5 Podcast. Surprise! We have an episode this week. Welcome back, Eric. Uh, I am your host, Danny Ortiz, and again, my best friend, Eric Labou, uh, who texted me. What time did you text me today? Shit, 10? No, I meant before. You texted me earlier and asked me, hey, I know we said we weren't going to do an episode, but I thought maybe we should do one. I think it was around, th- I want to say it was around 6. Oh, and then yeah. you texted me at 10 and said, Please, because <laughs> I never saw it, so I didn't know. Yeah, I thought you were standing me up. No, really what the thing was and what I saw was uh, a listener on Twitter, his name's Leisure Bolt, at Leisure Bolt, begging, begging Marver and uh, Padres Jagoff to put out a podcast, basically saying, hey, no one is putting out any content here recently for a Padre podcast, the, uh, the golden age of Padre podcast. I said to myself, you know what? We There's, listen to other people's fans. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know what? Let's let's put out a show. Maybe maybe some people will want to listen, and I I do think there's plenty to talk about. Really, I was I was I was fired up by uh, the All Star Game and everything that was going on this week. Well, you were more fired up than the fans in Miami, and we'll touch on that in a little while. Uh, but yeah, let's go over the festivities. Uh, the Padres well represented. Well, I use that term lightly. Well represented in the All Star Game. Uh, Brad Hand, of course, being the obligatory uh, Padre to uh, make it this year, but the Futures game, the Padres had a couple of guys, um, Josh Naylor and Cal Quantrill of the Lake Elsinore Storm, their single-A affiliate, uh, making their uh, Future Games debut. I will say, Naylor hit the ball hard twice. He hit a line drive his first at-bat that short-hopped the second baseman, made a really nice play, uh, but then he hit another line drive that he pulled and actually got it through and put the world team on the board. Yeah, I have no room to talk, but he's so fat. Oh, he's very heavy. <laughs> he's very heavy. Uh, well-renowned San Diego favorite Keith Law <laughs> was on uh, our favorite Darren Smith show the other day. And you guys, anytime Darren Smith does somebody baseball, listen to his interviews. He's wonderful. Yeah. But uh, he had Keith Law on, and, and Keith Law basically said what we all know. He's got a hit in order to have any semblance of value, but he also dropped in a, well, he got bigger, <laughs> so he's put on some weight. Yeah, it does seem like it, and someone was saying that, that he drew like a Prince Fielder comps or something like that. Only physically. Yeah. If he was Prince Fielder, I don't think anybody would care how heavy he is, because Prince Fielder hit for the first 10 years of his career uh, before his body betrayed him, but yeah, Naylor's pretty heavy. What's he clocking in at these days, 275, 280? You know what, they have him, <laughs> baseball reference has has him six foot two twenty five. What was that? His high school, his junior year. Yeah, <laughs> the sophomore year on JV. They're yeah. clocking him in two twenty. To be fair, I think my driver's license says a lot lower than <laughs> than reality. How but tall is he? He's six foot. He's six. So he is shorter than. There's no way, because he's bigger than me, and I probably weigh two thirty. 
Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. No. So, anyways, I mean, we're not going to sit here bagging on a fat guy when both of us are barely fitting in uh, America's Finest Digital Studios here. But, you know, the thing with Naylor last year, even with his size, he still stole 10 bags. Yeah. You know what? I was going to say, he does get up the line fairly decently for a hefty guy. But it still comes down to, I mean, he's not going to, he does no value outside of his bat. But at least he, he did well in the Futures game. He does hit the ball hard. Um, Quantrill, uh, he didn't look terrible. He, his his location, uh, or in terms of his command, was a little off. I think you said he, he felt like he looked a little nervous to you. He didn't look terrible, but he didn't look great. No, you know, he left a couple of pitches up, and then got hit for doubles and triples. Yeah. So uh, not, the, not the greatest outing from a, you know, establish yourself standpoint, but it's still cool to see him there. But he was, one thing that you were mentioning um, a few episodes ago, when I was watching the Futures game, I noticed that he was clocking 95 to 96. Yeah. So when I went to watch him in person for one of his starts, he was sitting probably 92, 93. And we had mentioned that before where I was like, hey, I saw him in the Futures game. He's 95. And then I see him in person at Elsinore and he's sitting low 90s. I wasn't really sure what was going on. But then you brought up the point that, hey, he's probably just letting it air out. Because yeah. he knows he's only throwing for an inning, maybe two innings. So, yeah, I saw him sitting around 95, 96. So that was exciting. But... But yeah, he was he was leaving the ball up. Um, yeah, he did. Get, he got tattooed a couple times. But I mean, apparently uh, his overall workload, him and Naylor, is good enough to get a promotion. Yeah, that's the other. Uh, well, not breaking news. I think everybody saw it coming. But uh, Quantrill now part of that three-headed monster from uh, Lake Elsinore gets promoted to Double uh, A San Antonio, where now he'll join Lauer, Lucchese as well, uh, and Naylor getting to be moved up. Um, which is kind of going to kind of transition to a farm move. Uh, a first baseman of the Padres uh, farm system moving up to take over Naylor. Go ahead and touch on America. I know you like him. Yeah, Zunica. Was it Brad, Brad Zunica? Brad Zunica. Yeah, I have hit. Or is it Zunica? Who cares? Who cares? So he's 21, tearing up Fort Wayne. And he really, he's around the age where he probably should be in Fort Wayne, but maybe moving up soon. Yeah. And I think that he is. Now that Naylor's moved up, Naylor was really the guy who was who was blocking him at first base. Um, so Among other things like the sun. Yeah, so through uh, 62 games this year, Zunica down in Fort Wayne, 15 homers, uh, slash 261, 372 on base, and he's slugging 536. Oh, just talk dirty to me all night. So it's <laughs> so it's time for him to move up. He's hitting the shit out of the ball in, yeah. Fort, in Fort Wayne, so I'm really excited to see how he does. Yeah, we saw him in uh, in uh, spring training when we went out there, and he's they have so many damn guys that are out there. We don't even know who half these guys are because the system is so deep yeah uh, but yeah he was one of those guys that was putting on laser shows out there so oh yeah uh, really excited to see him move up and see six, what he can do six the guy yeah. is huge yeah big target over there at first base. a lot bigger than six foot uh josh naylor yeah yeah so it'll be interesting to see what he does um in terms of uh the other all-star representative that we'd already mentioned uh brad hand uh he did really well uh, in his one inning of work no surprise there just an inning smooth hand job yeah <laughs> Yeah. By the way, uh, were you the recipient of that uh, smooth hand job, Eric? Not today. Oh, well. We there win. is still time. We <laughs> but not today. Not today. <laughs> we win some, we lose some. Yeah. Uh, but no, hand looked pretty good. Uh, retired the side in order, struck out Robinson Cano. Made him look pretty bad on what looked like a letter-high slider. And is anyone shocked that he made a left-handed hitter look awful? <laughs> no, I'm not shocked at all. No. Not at all. So good for Brad Hand, um, which is, I mean, 
you're pitching on a national stage, I think that's got to push his trade value up even more. Yeah. Now that you have more people, I mean, we know scouts and advanced scouts go out and watch and whatnot, but it's nice to see him on a national stage do well because I do think that's going to push his trade buzz, which he's already getting. I think my favorite part about seeing Brad Hand in the All Star game and the whole All Star weekend was that clip that the Padres posted oh, with God. Brad Hand on the red carpet, and there was maybe 25 people lined up. <laughs> It was so depressing. Like Brad Hand, he must have like what 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 must he have been thinking to himself? Like I worked my entire life to get here. I'm finally a. I finally made the big leagues. Two. I'm finally made it to the point where I'm considered one of the best in the game to where I can get here. And I'm in the back of a Chevy, and there's 25 people saying, "Hey, what's that guy's name?" <laughs> I'm sure his name was on the truck. <laughs> like it was. What's that guy's name? <laughs> it was so bad. There was. It was so dead there that you could literally individually hear the people wishing him well. Yeah, I know. I remember. And you posted. Forget if you guys haven't seen it. Please follow Eric on Twitter. Uh, he posted a haystack rolling through a <laughs> empty road. <laughs> It was pathetic. It was sad. It was really sad. One guy even asked him, they, he said, uh, hey, Brad, ask for the truck. Ha, ha, ha. Like, you can hear these guys individually. That's how dead that it was this All-Star weekend in I want to know, because I, I don't, you know, I hate when they do East Coast games because you screw the West Coast. Guys, people who work at like 5 till 5 o'clock, because I didn't get home until around 7. And by the time I got there, the game was pretty much done. I got there, and I think Brad Hand came in like, an inning or so later, so I actually didn't get to see the the pre, uh, you know, the pregame activities and festivities. So I'm curious what the actual red carpet looked like as I got further up, and if the Padres were just dumb and decided to take a clip of him driving like at the beginning of the red carpet. So I'd be pretty interested to see that. If that's how it looked as the players were rolling in, that is hilarious. Well, I've seen other pictures, and it didn't look that great. <laughs> and when you compare it to last year's events, like the red carpet last year, it was... Amazing. Yeah. Well, you had Keith Law and Peter Gammons both saying, can we go back to San Diego just every year? Yeah, I think that... that was this year, not last year. They said that again this year. Yeah, um, I think that this is the... That's the common, the common thought process amongst all these guys. The common opinion. So a lot of people wanted to go back to San Diego. I think Man Manfred was saying that he was gonna just announce the next three all-star hosts in one, you know, in yeah. one uh, announcement. I don't know if he's announced it yet. I don't think it would come back that quickly. That'd but, be wonderful. Man, Miami, that was absolutely pathetic. Oh. You're looking at the game, probably there in the later in the game there when uh, when Kimbrell was getting ready to uh, blow the game for the uh, American League. Luckily he didn't, but uh, you see later in the game, empty seats. Like in the right field section, there was like scattered fans. <laughs> and it is you know so these, pathetic. How much money these people had to pay for these tickets? Uh, ask, tweet at Drunk Flannery. He went to the All-Star game last year. Yeah. Do you know how much money these tickets cost? It's obscene. The Home Run Derby is always going to sell out, especially yeah. with the new format, which is wonderful. I love I love the time format because it makes it quick and you're not sitting there for hours on end. But the All-Star game is like, I mean, it's a cool thing. I mean, they're the 88th All-Star game and there's nobody there. Uh, I did go ahead and Google 2017 All-Star game. Uh, red carpet, and the first thing that comes up is a gif of Francisco Lindor wearing something that he looked like he made out of a 70s carpet for a jacket. 
But the people in the background are great because there's about, I don't know, Eric, how many people did you count? 20? Yeah. <laughs> this is amazing. Yeah. I might tweet this later if you guys want to follow me. At uh, Miserable SD Fan for Eric, at uh, 5.5 Dan for me. But this is amazing. What a what a shit show Miami proved to be yeah. for the All-Star game. So sad. Unbelievable. I wonder how their fan fest was. Man, we went to that fan fest last year, uh, the All-Star game, the expo, whatever it was, down at the convention That was Center. amazing. Yeah. Man, that was cool. It was a little too crowded for my liking. Yeah. Long lines for a lot of the things there, but man, that was awesome. Yeah, I waited. We waited an hour in line for me to strike out at the little home run <laughs> derby batting cage. An hour to strike out. I could have just played on Sundays for that. Yeah, that so, is true. So uh, there's another one of Bryce Harper looking like Miami Vice. And there's a guy standing who's in the background behind the guardrail in between Amsinger and Harper who's literally leaning on his hand, like he has his face on his hand and leaning on it, like, ho-hum, why am I here? This is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Boring I, as hell. I hope they never give Miami anything again. They certainly don't deserve it. Yeah, absolutely pathetic. I, I really hope that it comes back here soon because I would like to go. And, yeah, you're right. I mean, Home Run Derby's awesome. Um, do they Have they confirmed? Have they confirmed? Are those balls for the Home Run Derby? Are those juiced? They might be. You know, I think they are. Man. I think they're juiced. I, I think the ball is juiced in general. We can kind of go off topic here because we don't have a ton to talk about. But I do think the ball is juiced in general. Uh, David Price, I guess, a court, I can't remember who the hell it was that noted it. It might have been Tom Verducci um, or Rosenthal. One of the two, but it's not an MLB Network uh, telecast. But it said David Price held a ball that he had had from a couple years ago, Major League Ball, and then held this year's. Then we drop some. This year's bounced a little more, so it's 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 wound tighter. So obviously, the tighter that it's wound, it's like hitting a golf ball. So I do think the ball is juiced because the home runs are up big time. Strikeouts are still up, pitchers still dominating, but the home runs are up exponentially. They're hitting them in the same rate, if not better, than the steroid era in the '90s. Well, you're getting super technical. What the way I'm looking at it is, I've seen Stanton in the home run derby twice now in back to back years. Mm -hmm. Absolutely absurd. We've seen him in, in batting practice. And he puts on a show at batting practice. Yeah. So at Petco, yeah, I mean, we went there before a game one time, I think a couple years ago for a Marlins game, and he does put on a show during batting practice, but not like these home run derbies. No. Not like it's these amazing. home run derbies. Aaron Judge was hitting the glass. Aaron Judge hit five home runs 500 feet or more. Yeah. That's unheard of. Yeah. I mean, it's not like you haven't had prolific power hitters. I, I'd be hard-pressed to say Aaron Judge was any better than Albert Pujols in his prime. I mean, and I don't recall Pujols going to a derby and hitting falls 500 feet yeah. consistently. Yeah. It's obscene. Well, they maybe they have corked bats. Maybe they have the uh, Sammy Sosa corked bats. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they have the Sosa special. I do think it, it, there's so many players, especially pitchers, that say, uh, you know, something's going on with the seams and the ball's wound tighter. You're getting all these guys all of a sudden keep having blister problems. Yeah. And that has to do with how the ball is stitched up and how tight it's wound. Um, so I do think the ball in general is juiced. I very much think that the home run derby ball is juiced. But I don't really care because the derby, especially now, like I said, it doesn't drag on. They just have the timer, which makes things really dramatic. I think that's cool that, you know, if they're going to use a juice ball, why not? That's what you go there for anyways. You know what I really liked about the All-Star game this year? Well, first thing, it doesn't count anymore. Thank, so th God. thank God. For thank that. God. Thank God. 
Thank you, Rob Manfred. Yeah, it was more. It was more fun this time around. Like they had, um, they had guys doing in-game interviews. Yeah. Like Bryce Harper was doing an interview while he was in right field, playing right field. <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, it's awesome. So they had that. They had. Uh, they did the same thing. I think with Springer. Um, they were uh, interviewing guys while they were on deck, getting ready to hit. You have uh, uh, Nelson Cruz going out there taking a picture <laughs> with Joe West. Yeah. Having Yachty take the picture. Like that's cool shit. Like, like, that's what the All-Star game is for. Speaking of Yachty, man, what the hell is he wearing with that catcher's gear? I don't know. Good I don't know. God. But, yeah, he has that gear, and Austin Hedges still can't get brown gear for Fridays. Like, I don't understand that. He's still out there in the blue gear. It's annoying. Uh, At this point, I just think he's trolling us. Yeah, yeah he's probably just comfortable. He doesn't want to break in another pair of shin guards. Swoon can do anything he wants. Everyone, everyone Soft bitches hand about hedges. that. Sorry. But, yeah, I, I really I really like the All-Star game and, and how just, it... It seemed like more fun this go around. Yeah, and I think the players loosen up because now there's not so much pressure. Because, like, for instance, what the hell does Brad Hand care if the NL or AL wins? It's like it, you take. Yeah. I think, it, you know, back in the day when you know things were different, like with free agency and whatnot, and players typically stayed in the AL or the NL. You know, they didn't jump around a lot. Yeah, it meant a lot more. Um, I think as time's gone on and the game has done a really good job of making it like a bigger, like the All-Star game's always been big, right? But they've done a good job at, at making it like a spectacle. It's like the WrestleMania for Major League Baseball. You get all your big stars, all the big matchups that you don't usually get to see, even with the interleague play, um, you know, the red carpet and all the you know, festivities. You get all that in one shot. So I think that's great. I'm glad that they don't make it count for anything because now the players can just kind of take the edge off and use it what it's for. It's an exhibition game to showcase your the best that your you know brand has to offer. It shouldn't be a competition to see, you know, who's gonna get World Series advantage. I hope Mike Trout and the AL win, even though Mike Trout ain't making the playoffs this year. You know, it's it's yeah. just dumb. It's it's silly. Best team or best record should have playoff advantage. That's yeah, Bryce. It doesn't matter to Bryce Harper because he's not making out of the first round. Yeah. So yeah. it doesn't matter to anyone on the Nationals, <laughs> and of course it doesn't matter to Brad Hand. You know, one thing that can I throw something out there about Bryce Harper? Yeah, he has wonderful hair. Did you see him make that Jeez. diving catch? And as soon as he gets done sliding, <laughs> he just does the hair flip. Yeah. Oh, it's majestic. Yeah, that was. And great. I know he did it on purpose, but it's just so majestic. I just had to throw it out there. That's got to be a top play. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Judson Richards. <laughs> So Bryce Harper had the idea. Chad, you you know who that is. I know who it is. Um, Bryce Harper had the idea, and I want to get your thoughts on this. With interleague now going on, you see a lot of these matchups a lot. There's not really matchups that you don't see. Yeah. And that was the whole draw with the All Star Game. Yeah. And with the suggestion that Bryce Harper had was you should the league should pick two captains and have them pick teams Ooh. out of the people who make the All Star Game. So that way you get to see a Harper versus uh, Max Scherzer. You know, you get to see that. Oh. Assuming uh, Kershaw is there playing, you get to see Kershaw versus Seager. You know, that, I think that'd be kind of cool. I, I dig the idea, especially since it doesn't count. What do you think? I, I love the idea. You know what would be a good primer for it to do it in an, in an environment that doesn't really count to see if it'll work out? In, like, maybe like a spring training type of game or maybe when they go over, like, overseas when they're trying to, like, promote the game in different countries. That'd be awesome to yeah. see them do that. But, yeah, I like that idea. Yeah. Great job, Bryce Harper. Yeah, good job, Bryce. Yeah. Also, man, the, the All-Star game, it's very – it's actually – Historically, very evenly matched. Like, do you see that stat? The teams, the AL and the NL, have the exact same record in the exact same amount of runs scored. Really? Yeah. You yeah. After last night's game. Wow. Yeah. So, 
That was that was crazy, and I hope that's a real stat. Um, <laughs> I hope so too. Maybe I, I don't want to be scrolling through Twitter and see something that the Onion threw out there and be like, "Hey, that's real," when it's really fake news. <laughs> so I, I I hope that's a true stat. I but I, I think so. I saw that on MLB Network before I before I. Uh, it's probably closer than it looks. Yeah, before I made the sad decision that to cut cut cord and uh, get rid of my cable. So. Yeah. Also, um, do like me and moving with your parents, and you know, don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I, I forgot. True story. Was, true story. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, okay, um, the offer. By the way, offer still stands on the table. If for whatever reason our amazing recording device here craps out on us and we have to restart and pick up again, if you can find where the two recordings have been spliced together, you will get from me, Venmode $13.50. So that is one beer at Petco Park. On me, your great pal, at Miserable SD Fan, if you can find where it's been spliced, if and when it has been spliced together. Good luck. Eric is a technical wizard. If he called in looking for additional discounts, he'd probably tell us he's some kind of software engineer. Yeah, I am. I'm blushing. <laughs> yes. You're such a kind man. I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, so that offer's on table. Also, one thing I really want to do, and we had mentioned this before, that we wanted to hear from people who listen to the show on Twitter. So we wanted to get um, a segment going that had Twitter questions. Like, hey, you know, what do you guys want to talk about? Um, if there's a topic you want to talk about, if there is, if you want to bash someone on Twitter, let us know at MiserableSDFan at 5.5Dan. So uh, do that and let us know. So we, we would like to see kind of who's listening to the show because I have these these updated stats now, kind of the, the stat cast of podcasting, Oh, if you I will. forgot. I forgot to mention this earlier, yeah. And we're able to, we're able to see when I logged in listeners and where they're listening from. So it's really, it's been kind of, I mean, I don't want say around the world because it sounds douchey and i don't know if it's these absolutely are, worldwide well i don't know if these i don't know if these are like porn bots that are checking in or hey if it's something i watch like, porn by all means yeah i don't know if it's if it's something X like videos gets a sponsor <laughs> yeah. it works for me hey, I'll, I'll take that yeah. I, I don't know if it's that or what but i mean i'm looking at this thing and we have we have had four listens from japan we've had a listen in saudi arabia which is kind of <laughs> weird yeah. um a couple of listens in tj and and I think that may be our buddy uh, Sergio Chavez. So gracias for uh, listening. Yes. Um, so yeah, we've had them. Phoenix, we've had a few listens that could likely be your family checking in. More than likely, more than likely. They also no listens from the Midwest. My family does not give a fuck. Yeah. Um, but listening out there, uh, listening to bluegrass chewing on barley. Also, <laughs> Compton, California. What's popping? <laughs> yeah, we got yeah. one listen from Compton, California. <laughs> so, All right. Yeah, let us know that you're tuning in. And uh, yeah. if you like what you hear, tell a friend. So we have more listens and we have more uh, more stats to go off of to see who's listening to the show and, and where are they where, listening. Yeah, that's very... Baja to the Canadian Rockies. Oh, no more of that. No more of that. They, they killed Axon. He's done. Yeah. It's over. They, they, he crashed a TV station. I yeah. Mean, he killed an entire channel. So he sure did. Let's move on. Now, uh, speaking of uh, Brad Hand, I had mentioned earlier about his trade uh, value obviously continually going up. Yeah, through the roof. Uh, he has been unbelievably valuable this year on top of what he did last year. So uh, Eric and I were just kind of spitballing and, you know, the reality is when you make up trades, everybody likes their players more than uh, other teams' players. They all, you always overvalue your own and undervalue everybody else's. So Eric and I know this is a silly trade, but I kind of threw out there, I'm like, what if the Padres traded Brad Hand, Trevor Cahill, Will Myers for Glaber Torres? Would you do it? No. <laughs> 
See, I would do it. I wouldn't. It's not a realistic trade. But it's I, not realistic. But oh, and Greg it, Bird, throw him in there. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I didn't know that you were going to say Cahill in there. Also, yeah. do you think? Because you're giving up hand. You're getting a lot of control for hand. Uh, you're giving up Cahill. He's a rental. He's whatever. But he can give you value this year in a postseason push. And you're also getting what three or four years? Four years of Will Myers. Something like that. Do you think the Yankees take that deal? Because they love Torres. But no. do you think they take that? No, they don't. No, Torres is that good? Yeah, Torres is that good. Really? The, the reason is, it, so it's kind of like why I really like Tatis Jr. Um, because, I've and I've said this, unfortunately we can't go back to the episodes to confirm, but I've always believed, you know, you build your team up the middle, you build strong up the middle. You catch your shortstop center field. To me, those are the three most important positions outside of pitcher that you would build from a position player standpoint. If you read Torres, I mean, he's a number two overall prospect according to MLB Pipeline. Um, he's a number one Yankees prospect. He's probably going to stay that way even though he blew his elbow out. Um, he's above average across the board. He's considered a five-tool player. I don't know if he's going to hit for a lot of power, but he he does grade well as you know on the power end, which just could be extra base hits. And he plays a premier position he's probably going to stick at, which is shortstop. So the way I look at it is kind of the way I looked at the Espinosa deal. Remember, people were pissed off when they traded Pomeranz on a one-for-one deal, and they're like, oh, there's got to be more. I mean, really, it just comes down to, do you want to trade for quantity or quality? If we have to give up, because really, you're not trading Brad Hand for Glaber Torres. You're trading Will Myers for Glaber Torres. If, if the Yankees were to do that, and I don't think they would, because Hand is a reliever, and as good as he's doing now, relievers are volatile. Look at Bookter. You know, Bookter's not having, a, I'd, I'd have to look it up. I don't know if he's having a good season or not, but He's definitely not catching my attention the way that Hand was uh, last year and then this year in the same way Bookter caught people's attention last year. So I look at it like a relievers, are volat- relievers are volatile. You have to trade them when they're peak value. And if you do that, you have to look at what you're going to get back and just try to get the best player you can, just like you would in the draft. If that's multiple players being offered, great. If they give you one really good player or two good players, take the one really good player. Take the best deal you can get. I don't know, man. That's a lot to give up. You would you would hope that Torres, if you if you're the Padres, he has to be a superstar. He's a, he's, he's is he going to be a superstar? Is he that good? Yeah, he is that. I mean, he's is a, he that good, or is it just kind of Yankee hype? No, because he was considered a top prospect before the Yankees got him. But at the same time, how? I mean, yes, I, I understand. I mean, he's a great prospect. But how good can he be if the Cubs were willing to give him up for a few months of Aroldis Chapman? Well, here's how uh, the Cubs justify it. You can keep the prospect or whatnot, but World Series flags fly forever. I guess. But, yeah, I mean, that's great. But, I mean, you're giving up, what, seven years of Torres? Like, is he – I don't know if he's really going to be I think you make I, I think with them they say, you know what, we have Addison Russell already for the next six years, so we're set. Uh, but I think that's – in that context, you're seeing a team doing everything they possibly can to win, which I think is a little bit different. From the Padres' standpoint, the Yankees are obviously trying to win as well. This is why I think, don't think the Yankees will do it. Because they do have a shortstop, Jorge Mateo, who I think is a more realistic option for the Padres to nab, uh, or for any team to nab that may be doing dealings with the Yankees uh, at the trade deadline. But Torres is, he has star slash superstar written all over him. He was already up in double A. There were rumors that he was going to come up this year. Didi Gregorius has had a nice year, so they were able to pump the brakes and continue to let Torres develop. And he blows out his elbow. But, you know, 
he is he is a consensus top prospect. He's arguably at least I would say top five, if not depending on which you know outlet you go through, number one or two behind only Yohan Moncada. So he is that level of player. I mean, he's ranked so high, you would have to assume he is a star to superstar caliber player. If we can get that for Will Myers, who I love, I love Will Myers. But I don't think Will Myers is ever going to be more than a, a, a solidly above average first baseman with a couple of really, you know, who's like a borderline all-star, right? He's a good, he's a good borderline, really good player. And then Brad Hand, who's a reliever. If, if you could trade that for a guy who could be an all-star, consistent all-star at shortstop, a position that's a black hole, absolutely. I, I jump all over it. I think the thing that kind of holds me back is I feel like we need to stockpile as much talent as we can. And if you trade those pieces separately, I feel like you can get a lot more talent than just one guy. Potentially, yeah. And I think you're right. I do think, and it does depend, obviously, on what what's on the table. So I do think you're right in that if they do, you know, spread everything out they could probably get more pieces it's just a matter of do you want quantity or quality because i would take that deal for torres if it's on the table it's not on the table no uh, but i would take it the yankees do have a really deep system eric and i were bitching uh, off air well eric more so than i i was just <laughs> i was just i'm jealous. so envious man. yeah I, I mean i'm jealous too but you know the potters will get there assuming some of these guys develop but literally within a matter of the year the yankees i think their top eight guys are all top 100 prospects yeah I it's think, absurd. Yeah, the last, the guy lowest on the list uh, was that kid Dustin Fowler, who's famous for blowing his knee out in the bottom of in the, you know, the the half of the inning where he was going to lead off the next inning, his first major league at bat, and he blew his knee out. Yeah. But that kid was like number ninety six, and then the next guy, uh, who's a third baseman, something Andujar, he's like the number three or four third base prospect in the league. They're so stacked, and it was literally within a year. I mean, they pulled a Preller without even drafting guys. It's amazing. Yeah, and all of a sudden, Aaron Judge out of nowhere turning into, man, that guy could hit 60 bombs this year. He's probably going to hit at least 50. Yeah, he really could. Unless somebody figures it out, because he's hitting the ball all over the place. He could, if anyone get on base in front of yeah. him, he could compete for the triple crown. Yeah. He's hitting for average, and he's going to yeah. lead the league in homers. Yeah, by far. So, but this is why I tell you, you shouldn't focus on RBIs. It's not his fault nobody's on base. Um, then you got Jolton Clint Frazier, who's just hitting you know bombs with his uh, you know lightning flash speed bat. Yeah. Good grief. Yeah. Dude, they're so stacked. The Obscene bat speed. Yeah. But the Padres will get there. The Padres farm system is on. It's not on par because they have a lot of younger guys. A lot of the Yankees prospects are like all double-A guys. Uh, so their impact players are, are higher up. But the Padres are considered a consensus top five farm system. And they're getting a lot of guys already moving up. Yeah, but still at the same time, I don't feel like our our talent is the same caliber as a team like the Well, they have a lot the of guys who are older. That's why. I think the thing with the Padres and AJ Probably playing, you know, the long game here. Uh, yeah, no shit. <laughs> yeah, he's playing the long game, but he is compiling a lot, a lot of talent because, you know, Tatis Jr. is a star, right? I mean, Keith Law mentioned he wishes he was in the Futures game. He felt like he would have been a better pick uh, for the Padres to send there than maybe Naylor. Number one, because a bunch of major league, you know, kids were out there. Who's There's a pitcher that was somebody's kid that was out there pitching as well. I think it might have been... Uh, I don't know who it was. And then I think D. Gordon's brother was there. And is it Nick Gordon? That's his brother, yeah. right? Yeah. He was there. Bo Bichette, Dante Bichette's younger son, yeah. uh, was there. Vlad Jr. was there. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, it would have been cool to see Tatis Jr. there as well. Um, oh, he'll be there next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No doubt. He's probably going to ascend to the Padres maybe top three prospect by the end of this year. He's yeah. that good. And I look at him and think, like, that's 
that's a star. I mean, it's you got the guy at Fangraphs, ESPN, um, you've got Baseball America. Like this kid's going to be at least, at least a star, borderline superstar. So you're talking like consistent all-star to maybe the best at his position in the league at some point. That's amazing that we got that for James Shields. Yeah, James Shields. That's what I think of every time I see a Tatis highlight. When I see him hit an inside the park homer and he rounds the bases in 15 seconds. When I see that, when I see him tonight going two for four with the leadoff homer and a grand slam. When I see him making the Sports Center top 10 plays, two words come to mind. James Shields. And when I think of James Shields, I think obviously giving up the homer to Bartolo. I think that. I think him. That's the first thing I think. Yeah. I think I think of him cruising around town on his dumbass longboard, and I think of his ridiculous sign. If you don't like it, play better. You know what? I was just gonna say they should put this in Rick Hahn's office, who's the GM of the White Sox. Yeah. If you don't like him, trade better. Yeah. Exactly. Trade. <laughs> what better. a hose job. Well, that's another part. I mean, we got Tatis, so that's. I'm not in a huge. I would love to have Torres. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm not in a huge rush. I mean, he's kind of, I don't want to say blocking Tatis, but... He's two levels higher. I mean, he's in double A. Yeah, but um, still, they are, I mean... And probably in triple A. The thing they're was, like two years apart in age. Yeah, but in development time, Glaber's far ahead. Glaber's almost major league ready. Tatis is probably another two years away. So, But these things work themselves out. The goal is just to, to build a farm system in a manner that you have so much talent. The Red Sox are a prime example of it. You, they have so much talent. They dealt us four of their best prospects, and they weren't even bothered. You know, they also dealt Moncada and I think Kopech. Kopech. Yeah. Kopech. And he pitched in the Futures game, and man, he's just humming and easy. It's not like Max Evers is easy one oh one. Yeah. I mean, they traded those guys, and they still have a really deep farm system where they have that kid Rafael Devers who's who's down in there. They've got more pitching, so that's the goal is to get to a point where. You have so much talent, you can funnel talent to the pipeline, you know, as a pipeline to the major league team when you need it. But then you can also use those players that are really blocked or that maybe you have multiple talents there as currency to acquire a Chris Sale. What if, let me ask you this, what if they, let's say they make a trade with the Yankees, right? And I, we're, they're not bringing back Torres, but let's say they bring back Mateo, who's a shortstop. He's at, he had just got promoted to double A. Yeah, he's pretty close. I would, I would take, I would take him for sure. Yeah. So let's say that, let's say they get him. He's like, I think he's 20, 22 years old, maybe 20. I don't know. Um, Tatis, 18. So, I mean, do you move Tatis a third at this point? Nope. Why? Why? If you got two guys who play shortstop, they can't play there at the same time. Well, no, they can't. But again, one is in Double A and one is in Low A. So, like the way I look at it is, you you stockpile and all that thing works out for themselves. Tatis is is not even. It, it'd be different if they're both in Double A and then maybe you have to figure it out or you have to promote one. But the fact is, Tatis is still in Fort Wayne. He's he's going to be in Elsinore probably by the end of the year, maybe. Maybe he goes up by the end of the year, but probably next year. Whereas by that time, Mateo's either still in double A or he's in triple A. So they're so far apart, I don't think you worry about that. And then again, that stuff works itself out because, you know, Mateo's listed on MLB Pipeline as a second baseman shortstop anyways. So there's probably, I haven't read the whole report, but there's probably some, you know, question on whether he can stick at shortstop or not. But again, I don't really think it matters. I think the goal is just like when you draft. You don't draft for position or need. You just take the best player available. You take the best uh, package available that you can get. You know, if the Padres got a package for a short, you know, bag of shortstops, and they're all good, then you take that package. Uh, or if they got, you know, the Padres have quite a few outfielders. If you get a 
package for some outfielders, you take it. Pitching, you take it. You just take the best you can get and let everything else play itself out. It's not a terrible problem to have to have two or three guys in the middle infield, Urias, if they ever get him, uh, Mateo, uh, or, uh, you know, damn it, Tatis Jr. The Almanzar kid looks good. That was their top, uh, their top, uh, July 2 signing before Morahone and Onya. So, you know, if all those guys are doing well, then that's a good problem to have because you can probably trade one of them and package that for a, a Chris Sale type of player. It's definitely a foreign problem. Like, we never have this problem. Yeah, as, yeah as we're like panicking. Like, what are we going to do with all this good talent? We must give it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it's, For free, give it away for free. Yeah, it's shocking. And then before, I think you even said this on, on the last show, but fuck it, I'm going to bring it up again. Why are you so okay with trading Urias? You were saying this before I'm not show. okay. I feel like you misquote me. No. I'm not okay it with... It wouldn't be the first time. No, no, by and far. <laughs> um... I'm not okay with trading Urias. I'm just a little more open to it than I would be for like a Tatis Jr. And the reason why, you mentioned it off the show. You were running through his line. You're like, man, he has no power. And that's, you know, I think he can hit, but I do think, and scouts like Urias, but a kid that hits this well, he's not cracking top 100 list yet. He's probably going to start cracking them soon. But I, I do think there's some, some uh, hesitancy from scouts to dub him and, and view him the same way that we as Padre fans do. There's got to be a reason why. And if I had to guess, it's probably because, yeah, he hits and he makes a lot of contact, but he doesn't have any pop. And I think that works against him. I want him on the team. I think he's going to be our starting second baseman in the next two years at, at the most. But because he's not Tatis Jr., where he's an up-the-middle player, shortstop, start a superstar level, I, I'm a little bit more open to hearing about it, depending on what they get back. I'm not actively saying, hey, I'm going to shop Luis Urias. What do you want? It's more of like if somebody kicked the tires on him, I would ask him straight out, what are you willing to give me for this? Like, what can I get back? I do feel like the power will eventually show up. He is still 20. He has a small frame, so that's kind of what tells me maybe it won't show up. He could be a doubles hitter, which I would take. I'll take that any day. Yeah. Dude, he has a career 395 on base in the minors. Yeah, and he's 20. <laughs> and he's drawing, he's consistently walking more than he's striking out. Yeah. So I, I feel like that'll play at the next level. Oh, as do I. I mean, I, I think it will too. Um, you know, as he make, you know, as long as he makes the, you know, the necessary adjustments. So I'm, I'm, I want him on the team. I don't want to trade him. It's just of the young. Can't afford me. Yeah, yeah, I bet. It's just of all the young guys we have, he would be one that I'd be, you know, willing to do, uh, or at least willing to listen on. The guy that I'm absolutely adamant they they're going to trade is Naylor. Absolutely adamant. He will never see the light of day as a Padre. That's what I thought to start the season, but I would not be surprised if he, because he just got moved up to Double A. We talked about it earlier. What if he rakes in Double A? What if he does nothing but continues to hit? The only, and they consider trading Myers. I would do it if they traded Myers. If they start competing when they think they're going to, which is, I think they said 2019. It, that, it, that date keeps moving back further and further and further. I feel like 2019 is somewhat realistic because Urias will probably be up. Um, 
I don't know who the hell they're going to have. <laughs> Other than that, the infield. I remember, by the way, and let me just cut in real quick. Sure. I remember back in the good old days when we used to troll the Darren Smith Show Facebook page. Oh, God. This was back in 2009, 2010, 2011. And we used to say, oh, man, I can't wait until 2013 and 2014. Yeah, well, they probably traded everybody. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it's like, hey, I can't wait. Like, let's just see. Like, man, Venable's really going to get going. I never believed in Will Venable. Yeah, Headley's going to start hitting. It's. <laughs> I was right on that. For we've one been year. we've been saying wait for three or four years for the last probably ten to fifteen years. Yeah, but so, it was a different different system. Yeah, and not to not to dump on Hoyer. I think Hoyer did a great job building it. Uh, Josh Burns and company did a fairly good job after that. I mean, they drafted Trey Turner. Yeah, and I mean, you know, say what you want about how bad the trade is. They drafted Trey Turner, so... Um, well, back to what... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in. Back to what you are saying about Naylor. Yeah, so back with Naylor, as I was saying, um, I, I can see him making the team only if they trade Myers because I, I do think that they signed Myers with, with the intention to keep him around because he is still really young. I think they signed him with the intention of keeping him around and trying to build around him uh, particularly because by 2019... They'll probably have Laura, and and I was telling my cousin on the way home uh, the other day that you know he's thinking Lowers needs to be up this year or next year, and I'm like, why? They don't need to rush him. They're not going to be any good for the next couple of years, and he's not going to be more than probably a number four or five anyways. But he does solidify the rotation. But I can see him coming up. Lucas, he'll probably get a look in some way, shape, or form. Um, they'll obviously have you know Perdomo will be up by then, and hopefully well, he's already up, but hopefully he'll continue to progress. They'll have Quantrill. Uh, Morahone will probably be progressed. Hopefully Espinoza comes back and he continues to progress forward. So they'll be on the cusp of having a lot of these guys they've acquired over the last few years really starting to break through. That doesn't even account for uh, Mackenzie Gore and how fast he might be moving through the system. He's considered really polished for a, a high school player. So I see 2019 as a year that they could really start to make some noise and become competitive and be a really fun team to watch. And I think Myers is going to be a part of that unless somebody approaches a pot and says, we're just going to give you a, a, a trade offer that you cannot refuse because we want Will Myers that bad. I really don't see that happening right now because first baseman, they're not a dime a dozen, but the, the market does tend to get oversaturated with first base only guys. I don't see another team wanting to do that. I see the Padres taking Naylor in the offseason sometime around then and going, we need a piece, so we're going to package Naylor with some other prospects and we're going to try to get a bigger player back. If you're, well, Naylor would be a bigger player. To say the least. If you're A.J. Preller, I'll ask you a yes or no question. If you are A.J. Preller, do you feel comfortable trading Myers knowing that you're putting Naylor right into his place? Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll yeah, we'll see. Because I would not be surprised at that. We'll see. Because I really feel like Naylor's still going to hit. I mean. I do, too. I think he's going to hit. But you know how I am. I like the, like the well-rounded player. Myers not. <laughs> Doing so, that's an unintended It's so joke. easy. It's so easy. Uh, I, I like the player contributes a little bit more. You know, it's like, that's why when uh, the whole MVP de debate was going down for Port Trout, I said, Miguel Cabrera, take the bat out of his hands. What is he? Nothing. Nothing. Drunk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See it coming. <laughs> so, yeah, you take the bat out of his hands, and his entire contribution to a baseball team is gone. Take the bat out of Trout's hands. He's still running the bases. He's still going first to third or scoring from first. He's still playing excellent defense. So I look at that, and I think, you know, Myers, he's not having the greatest year this year. It's a kind of a down year. But he's still a better going to be a better defender and a more athletic defender than Naylor. He's a far and far a better base runner. 
And I think he's as good of, I think he's going to be as good of a hitter and probably maybe better than Naylor. So that's how I look at it. But I can see a scenario where if the Padres do get an offer where they have to trade Myers and maybe free up the salary. I know people hate that, but you know, it's not a bad idea if you can get a good deal on it. Um, Especially if we use that money elsewhere. For yeah, another exactly. Free hey, agent. the free agent market is going to be looking pretty good in a couple of years. Yeah, it uh, is right around sure. the 2019. It is for sure. <laughs> but uh, I do, I do see a scenario where Naylor can make it up. I just have a hard time unless Myers just goes off, unless he just finds that potential where he just becomes that perennial All Star. I feel like eventually it's going to click for Myers. I, do I too. really do. I, I think it's clicking now. I just think that you know he's still real. I, people don't realize he's still really young. This is only his third full season. Yeah. His rookie year, he wasn't really up for a full season, but I guess you could count it. He was hurt the next year. We got him the following year, and he was hurt. And then there was last year. So what's that? Rookie year, second year, first year. But this is only his fifth year in the league, and it's only the third time he's actually been healthy to play like a full season to this point. Yeah, and really, he's being asked to carry the entire team. Yeah, and I mean, so I do feel like he's pressing at times. I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't completely buy into the myth of lineup protection. I do think it helps, but not to the extent people try to make it out to be. But I do think that he does press and doesn't let things come to him. He's got like Renfro hitting. By Behind him, you know, Mister, Mister, uh, what the hell do we call him? Oh, Mister Replacement Player. Yeah. Uh, you know, he just doesn't have a lot. And I do think he presses, and I do think the contract does get to him a little bit. So it could, but really, right now he's only making like four and a half mil. Yeah, but you know, when but you maybe look, the thought of the future yeah, pressure that's coming. That's in. also like way more than it's almost like ten times what he was making on league minimum. So. That is true. And you know, he's the face of the franchise. You know, anytime they post stuff, you know, Will Myers is doing the. I mean, they have hedges and stuff, but Myers is the face of the franchise. You know, he's the jersey seller and you know that's what he is so as much as he is i i, I don't fully buy into face of the franchise if the right either. deal comes along he's gone oh i don't i i completely agree i think i think making decisions based on branding is ridiculously dumb that's what the angels did when they signed pools yeah. how's that worked out yeah not too <laughs> well crippling them right now because they can't move him and he's an awful hitter yeah mike Sosha. i don't care what you tell me he, he drives and runs because he gets more at bats with guys on base than anybody else in your lineup yeah mike trout hits in front of him that's why he's driving yeah guys Mike Trout, Mike Trout is like a 446 on base. He hasn't played in like a month. Yeah. He was actually total offense, the totality of offense, as Brian Kenny would put it, was a better player than Aaron Judge. And it's a damn shame that he got hurt because he's not going to win another MVP. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Gomez can drive in 100 runs if he has Mike Trout in front yeah. of him. All you got to do is bet one for four. I mean, Trout's going to be up on the base four times every ten. Yeah. Just go one for four out of those uh, every four at-bats. But um, You know you know what I'm really excited about? This is kind of switching gears a little bit. Well, Arizona not, Fall League? Well, no, not really. Yes, I am, by the way. Mackenzie Gore making his first start, I believe, on the 17th. Yes. They have two different Arizona League. They have AZL1 and AZL2. Yeah. I, forgive me. I don't Shoot leagues. me. I don't know what team he's throwing for, but <laughs> it is coming up soon. So he's going to make that debut. So There's that'll so be exciting to see. He has, but what I'm really, really excited for is next year in Lake Elsinore. Oh, so man. I mean, there, there's, there's a hundred times more talent in Elsinore talk dirty to me again? than there. No, than there <laughs> is at Petco. So think of the, think of the players next year. So Zunica, he, he could be a sleeper pick. He probably will be in Elsinore. Next they're going to have a lot of power in Elsinore. So they're going to have him at first base. They're going to have more than likely they're going to have Onya in the outfield somewhere. He's not gonna. There's no reason to put him down Fort Wayne again. No, so he's one of the not. best hitters in their in their lineup. He's doing what you're. You know, he's doing what you'd ask him to do. He's hanging with them and progressing. So you're gonna have him. You're gonna have Tatis. No doubt he'll be in Elsinore next Hello. year, minimum. 
That's if they don't put him in double A, which they won't. But he'll him and Tatis will be at short at um, Elsinore, and then you look at the staff. I'm hoping. I don't know if Morahome goes to Fort Wayne next year. Or if they just say, screw it, we're sending him to Elsinore. I can see him going to Elsinore. I can see it too, and that's what I'm hoping for. So you have Morahone, you have Espinosa coming back, <laughs> and you might even have Chris Paddock coming back at Elsinore. And Gore, depending on how well he develops, if he's as polished as say. I don't know if that's pretty aggressive. Maybe towards the end. Yeah, that's yeah. a little aggressive. Maybe towards the end. They might start him in Fort Wayne, and then towards the end of the year move him up. Uh, but yeah, man, that's going to be a lot of And I talent. forgot about Paddock. Yeah. Ho's job. I feel like everyone forgot about this Paddock. This is why when people, like, sometimes I hate it when we trade rumors because the comment section is just a wasteland. But <laughs> when people laugh and say, oh, you want a top 100 prospect for, for Brad Hand? Well, we got we got a first rounder in Josh Naylor for Andrew Kashner, who was awful. And we got Chris Paddock who's a starting pitcher and was just dominating and hadn't given up a, a, a run in years for Fernando Rodney. Yeah. I'm just saying, guys, you know, it's teams with this, especially with this new wild card, they want to win. They're willing to they're willing to go the extra mile if they have to. They're willing to overpay. I expect a top 50 to top 30 prospect for Brad Hand. Yeah. At least. If it's a one-for-one one deal. If it's a one-for-one, one, it better be higher on that list. I, I expect. Well, top 50, I mean, you're talking, you know, there's a lot of prospects. Top 100 is most of these guys are going to be major leaguers. Yeah. Top 50 is, you know, that's when you start getting the upper echelon. But if they're going to trade multiple, then, yeah, I expect, like, maybe two top 100s or maybe one top 30. And I do think, to your point, at this at this stage, with how much we have in our system, I think you want to go for quality over quantity. When you're talking Brad Hand. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like the I, I Espinosa thing with, with uh, trading Pomeranz, the one-for-one, one, I'll be honest, I was just getting in the car and when I heard Darren say it. And even Darren, he's like, oh, the Padres have traded him and they're getting back Anderson Espinosa? That's it? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I can see him looking around in the studio. Yeah. That's it? Yes, and then, you know, it turns out that, well, he hasn't thrown a pitch this year, but it turns out that Espinosa is supposed to be the stud. Yeah, that the, the Red Sox were shit on for that trade. Um, no, and I agree. I think I think in some cases you do like a Cahill, you know, and or a Richard or a Chassin, all likely to be traded. Those guys, I go like, like you're probably not going to get a top 100 anything. You know, you're going to have to go quantity with a bunch of kids who have some upside and hope one of them hits. You know, it's kind of like when the Cubs traded Matt Garza. You know, they got, you know, Matt Garza didn't have a ton of value. He was overpaid. He was like a number three that was kind of, uh, you know, thought higher of than he really should have been when the Cubs originally got him. Because um, they traded they traded Chris Archer for Matt Garza. It's, yeah. it's an awful trade. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, so in getting back, they basically just took what they could get from the Rangers, and they got uh, Carl Edwards Jr. out of that, who looks like he'd be a high, you know, high leverage reliever. That's what you're going to do for the those other guys. You know, you're going to try to get. Let me just get quantity as much young talent as I can, and hope one or two of them hit, like his lottery tickets. But for Hand, I mean, he is the premier left-handed pitching, uh, left-handed reliever on the market at the trade deadline. You have to go for the jugular. You got to get. Top 100 prospects for him. Maybe a couple top 100 or just one top 50. But you have to get an impact level prospect for him or it's a complete fail. Yeah. And if you don't trade him, it's an even bigger fail. Oh, yeah. Huge fail. You have to, If he's not gone by the deadline, honestly, I'll be pissed. Yeah, I was pissed when they didn't trade a lot of the guys at the deadline in uh, 2015. Oh, man. Former for Upton would have been nice. Yeah, the other ones worked out. I, I don't blame him. I for, who the hell was it the Cubs offered for Ian Kennedy? It was awful. They DFA. Oh, Junior Lake. 
They offered oh, yeah. Junior Lake and some other guy. Junior Lake was DFA'd later that year uh, yeah. at the end of the season. So I, I, I see why they hung on to like Kennedy uh, and think you know that whatever. But right now Michael Fulmer could be anchoring down a staff with, and they would have still gotten. You know, they, it wouldn't have changed their draft position or anything by doing it because Fulmer didn't come up to last year. They still could have gotten Quantrill and Naylor and all the other guys that they've drafted or traded for since then. They still could have done that had they just, uh, you know, traded up then. We would have had Michael Fulmer right now. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. That would be nice like, for he's sure. He's like 24 years old. Yeah. That would be nice, and he has. I don't. I don't want to say ace, but he's I, a top he's of the a, rotation starter. Yeah, he's I think a, he's at least at the very least he's a solid two. Yeah, he's a, he's a light ace. You know, I mean he's he's a light ace. He was really good last year. I mean, I I thought the first half was like the. the I know he's probably gonna win rookie of the year, but he's he's kind of in the running for AL Cy Young. I mean, he's up there in terms of his pitching, uh, but. Again, they have to trade Han. They absolutely they cannot sit on it because if Han comes back next year and he dumps a turd, then they're in that same situation like they were with Tyson Ross and the previous regime with Headley, where it's like, well, now we just got to settle for what we can get and hope we can pull a Solarte out of it. Yeah. Uh, instead of cashing in when the value's high, you gotta you gotta strike while while the iron's hot, especially on a reliever. Yeah. Completely, completely off topic from this, but since we're winding down the show, this went a lot longer than we thought it was gonna go. We were supposed to only go for about twenty or thirty minutes. Yeah. Yeah. We're having fun. So completely off topic. After watching a little bit of the All Star game last night, especially the highlights, after the death of Jose Fernandez, oh, who no. was my no, I'm not going anything. Um, who was my favorite pitcher to watch. I've told you that for quite a while. Oh. Now that he's gone, Max Scherzer is my favorite pitcher to watch in baseball. Scherzer is so damn good. He might be the best pitcher in baseball You right could now. make, and, and I, I, I'm going to say Clayton Richard. Clayton Richard. <laughs> oh, God. You need Clayton, to go to bed. Yeah. Well, it is almost 1 o'clock here yeah. in uh, America's finest digital studio. Uh, not Clayton Richard. Jesus. Jesus. I, I, I retire. I'm just going to leave. <laughs> um, Kershaw. I, I do think Kershaw is a better pitcher. He's younger. Uh, well, how old is Kershaw, by the way? Do we know? I have no idea. He's got to be like barely 27. <laughs> yeah. I do think Kershaw is – I would take Kershaw. If you if you have put them in front of me, I'd take Kershaw. But you're not going to lose taking Scherzer. I mean, you can make a very strong and valid argument. He's just as good. Just amazing, amazing at how good he is. And to think he was not this good the whole his whole career. No. Like, this has been like the last five years, like his last couple years with Detroit. And then, obviously, since the, and since the Nationals signed him, he's come on on a whole nother level. He's gotten better since the Nationals signed him. It's amazing. Yeah, he's lived up to that contract for sure. So Did he win the Cy Young last year? Um, I'm pretty sure he won it. Wasn't it Kershaw? No, because Kershaw got hurt. Remember, oh, Kershaw right. was out for a while. It, I, I think I, right. I would have voted Kershaw if you want his opinion. <laughs> but I think I think he's won two since uh, the Nationals. Now, he's won at least one with the Nationals, and we, he won that one where he beat out Darvish with Detroit. He's got two Cy Youngs. This is a guy that was traded, been traded uh, twice, or not twice, but he's been on three different teams. Yeah, three different teams for sure. I think he's part of that Austin Jackson deal. He was that three team deal. He was in the Edwin Jackson deal. So oh, Edwin, ja- yeah. Oh no, Austin Jackson was a part of it too. Oh. Uh, Okay. So the Yankees traded Edwin. No, they the. It's whatever. It's it was Yankees. The, the Tigers. Yankees traded Tigers D backs. Yeah. So Yankees if, traded Jackson to the Tigers. The Tigers traded Edwin Jackson. Austin Jackson went to the Tigers. I don't remember who went to the Yankees, uh, but uh, Scherzer. Yeah, Scherzer went back to the Tigers for Edwin Jackson. Yeah. Edwin Jackson threw a no hitter for them and probably walked about, you know. 
half of Phoenix metropolitan area. <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll ask you then, and, and if, if your answer is Kershaw, it's fine. Game seven of the World Series, assuming, A, that Kershaw hasn't choked earlier in the playoffs and they get to the game seven of the World Series, um, and assuming, B, obviously they'll never play each other, assuming, B, the Nationals make it out of the first round for once in the generation, <laughs> game seven of the World Series, winner take all, are you taking... Kershaw on the mound, or are you taking Scherzer? Uh, I'm trying not to fall into that tired trope of, oh, he sucks in the playoffs. Oh, man, that's a toughie. Who are you taking? We're running out of time, guy. Scherzer! Yep, I'm taking Scherzer, too. <laughs> I would just take Scherzer. I'm and I absolutely taking And I couldn't Scherzer. tell you why. I, could, I couldn't tell you why, because I think they're both dominant. I don't know what it is. Scherzer, to me, is just... He's not on a whole other level compared to Kershaw. I just think he's on his level. I do think he's legitimately 1A. I think Kershaw is the best pitcher in the league, and I think Scherzer is 1A. Easy. Far and away. The reason why my favorite player to watch, my favorite pitcher to watch, was Fernandez, is the fire. Yeah. Dude, the fire, man. He would bring it every outing. And Scherzer is that exact pitcher, if not more. Man, when he's out there and he's just, like, yelling at the ball or just yelling <laughs> just to yell, God, I love watching him, man. You know, and he's, like, I, and I mentioned this, like, you know, when, when Detroit got him and he really found his rhythm over there, he was not considered... You know, a, a a workhorse from the standpoint he's going to pitch deep into games. He's like a six inning guy, and then I remember with the Nationals, and I, you know, with him, and I thought, you know, I, I think it was Matt Matt Williams, their manager. I'm like, he's got to take. There were times where he looked gas, and then for whatever reason, the last two years he's just stepped it up, and all of a sudden now he's throwing like seven, eight innings a night, nine innings a night. I'm like, where the hell was this guy? Yeah. Like, how does he do this? How is he doing this? As he's getting older, it's amazing to me. And he's showing up in the 8th and ninth inning, yeah. still bringing it 96-97. Yeah, he ain't. That's amazing. And you know what? I still think that Max Scherzer, I still think from a national media standpoint, is under oh, yeah. is underappreciated. Oh, yeah. The so one sure. thing I can complain about with baseball is that they do not promote the stars enough. Yeah. And I do think Scherzer is still to a point underappreciated by the casual fan. People should know his name the same way they know Mike Trout. Yeah. Well... I really I agree with that for sure. Absolutely. So that's gonna about do it. We went about oh twice as long as we thought we were going to. <laughs> yeah. But uh, that's what happens when you get two fat friends who love to talk baseball. Hey, we told you guys last week that we weren't even gonna do a show. So yes. you'd be happy with what yeah, you Yeah, you better be grateful. Because yeah. if you're not grateful you end up like me and you move in with your parents. <laughs> now, uh, again follow us uh, on Twitter. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, at miserable SD fan for myself, at five point five Dan for Danny. Uh, America's finest digital.com. We can tell you iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, but you already know that because you're listening to us. But tell your friends because they don't know that yet. Spread the word. Yes, we do want to uh, get as many listeners as we can and give us feedback on Twitter. And sponsorships. <laughs> Sit down over there. I'm already sitting in so, fine digital studio. <laughs> so as we're, as we're getting out of here, uh, one last question. At this time next week, next Thursday... Do you really want to ask me a question because I have long-winded answers? Just give me a yes or no. All right. So next week when we put out the show on Thursday... Will Jared Weaver be a member of the Padres organization? Oh, next Yes Thursday? or no? I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no. We'll check in next week. We're out of here.